The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And we're off. It's New Year's Eve, ladies and gentlemen, but basketball doth not sleep. I am Dan Baspris, and this is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. A very good Thursday to all of you, although uh, I know that our friends down under have already celebrated the New Year. So happy New Year to our listeners uh, on the other side of the Pacific, and there are actually quite a few of you. So thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year. Let's hope 2021 is simpler than 2020. Like, you know, let's see if we can curtail a pandemic and uh, get a nice normal offseason. Oh, yes, that would have been that would have been something, you know, not a nine month offseason that ends up getting smashed somehow into six weeks of prep time. The uh, best way to follow me is on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hoopball is hoop-ball.com. They are on Twitter at HoopballFantasy, where the blurb feed exists. A blurb feed is where all of the news and notes about NBA players comes out. It's a great place to, honestly, it's it's the kind of Twitter account you should probably have an alert on in case one of your guys has a late-breaking injury news, and you'll find it on that uh, Twitter feed. That's Hoopball Fantasy. Again, I'm at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Normal day in fantasy today. We'll be covering a... Uh, six-game Wednesday recap. We'll let you get you set up for a seven-game Thursday. There's a little bit of a uh, a turnaround thing going on today. Cavs and Pacers is at noon Pacific. That's the the matinee. Bulls and Wizards is a semi-matinee. And then Sixers and Magic is... Honest to goodness, I have no idea why they... Like, this is the silliest thing ever. This is the kind of thing that you see in minor league baseball where they're like, listen, like our fans, they're not that... They're not that interested in how a ball game is going to end. So we're going to start at a half an hour earlier, and maybe we can keep them all the way through the ninth inning just because it doesn't get that late on the clock. So the Magic decided to start their game today at 6.30 instead of 7 Eastern time. It is a uh, nominal and fairly meaningless change. Uh, but the Magic, who also don't have fans in the arena, we none of, nobody does. So it's not like they're trying to keep everybody around. And if you're trying to rush everyone home for New Year's, I, I don't know that a half an hour is going to make all that big of a difference. But they did it. That's what's happening. A lot of teams are actually treating today kind of like a Sunday in that regard. You know, the Rockets game is about an hour earlier than usual. Uh, I think the rest of them are pretty much on time. Yeah, Raptors, that's their normal start time. Thunder believe that's their normal start time jazz yeah same everything everything else is pretty much the same there i have some pretty strong thoughts on the seven game card and in fact i have pretty strong thoughts on about five of those seven games which is pretty weird um take everything of course with a grain of salt on new year's eve but we'll be talking about that shortly as well in terms of nba news there wasn't a whole lot of it uh terrence ross has hamstring irritation right now so he's going to sit this one out which um like Okay, it's annoying. I have Terrence Ross in a lot of places. You know, I've been speaking very highly of him as a guy that I thought would be taking uh, a little bit of a leap forward this year. And so far, it kind of looks like he has. But at the same time, a missed game is a buzzkill because guys like that where you're sort of hoping that they can maintain. I know he's number 58 in nine cat right now, and that's that's not going to keep up all year because the field goal percent will scale back a little bit. 
you know, even if he drops back towards 85 or 90, my hope is that this is the year where T. Ross is not that top 110 guy who plods his way to value, but actually has value on a per-game basis as well. And so far, so good on that. So hopefully this is just a, a one-time thing. Orlando, uh, you know, this is one of those moments where you want to pull up their schedule very quickly. They host the uh, Thunder on Saturday. So hopefully he'll be back for that one, uh, another home game. Then they got the, the Cavs in a rematch set. Those are always fun. They actually have a Celtics rematch set coming up later, or about midway through January as well. So uh, something to keep an eye on over on the gambling side. Elsewhere in the fantasy or in the, the just the, the news iteration of what we do on this podcast, there really wasn't much. You know, the, the rest of this stuff was kind of game-related. That was the only one we've, we've heard so far this morning that's injury-related. But we'll obviously keep our eyes on Twitter even during the recording of this podcast. We Let's take a look back at yesterday. Let's just, let's just dive right in. Yesterday's stuff, the Wednesday box score was... Dare I say, not all that compelling from a fantasy standpoint, at least in terms of the stuff that gets me fired up to do a recap portion of a podcast is when guys switch sides of a cut line, meaning the things that I find the most impressive, the things that I find the most interesting is when we're able to isolate or even look ahead a little bit to guys that will move into the rosterable category, or guys, frankly, that move the other direction. That's that's the interesting stuff. And yesterday, you know, there were literally little things around the fringes, but mostly it was a day where rostered guys did rostered guy things and vice versa. For instance, Atlanta-Brooklyn, 286 damn points in this ballgame, and nothing really interesting from a fantasy standpoint, other than Danilo Gallinari turning an ankle, which I think we all just assumed would happen at some point this year, and they knocked it out early. So he'll probably miss a couple of weeks knowing Gallo. He's not a very fast healer, which extends the shelf life of DeAndre Hunter. That's what that does. You can keep rolling DeAndre Hunter out there. He's had a really nice start to the year, and his minutes are going to continue to be very high as long as Gallo is out. It also helps John Collins because with Capella now slowly working his way into shape, this frees up more power forward minutes for Collins, who went for 30 and 10 in that ball game. So this is all just a, you know, a planning for the future kind of thing. Gallo, who was frankly just a little bit of a bad draft pick this year anyway, and I think Hoopball, uh, I don't even think he was on the Brewski 150. I think he was outside the top 150. And a bunch of people were like, why isn't Gallo on there? Is this a mistake? And we we're like, nope, nope, not a mistake. Uh, Capella still at 20 minutes. We'll see when that minutes cap gets lifted up a little bit. I would assume here in the next game or two, he, you know, he gets up into that 23, 24 range. And I think that's probably when you can roll him out there. He's close. Even in this one, 20 minutes, seven points, 12 boards and a block. You get him out there for a few more minutes. He can really start racking things up. I mean, the pace that this team is going to play with, everybody's just going to eat. And it's so easy to be a big man that can run on a fast-paced team. His life is going to be so simple. And then otherwise, you know, Trey, big, Collins, big, reddish, solid ball game, Herder, squeezed, Bogdan, he was hot in this one. Generally, he's going to be a little bit squeezed as well. And so you don't make any massive adjustments. You just keep the DeAndre Hunter stream going. Brooklyn side, KD was a big man. Joe Harris got hot. Hit 8 of 11 shots for 23 points in that ballgame. He seems like he might be the first candidate to pick up some of the Spencer Dinwiddie uh, usage, although 
seems like it's just more KD and Kyrie, at least in this ballgame. Torian Prince had 12 off the bench, but he's not interesting. Landry Shamit, kind of the same story. Jared Allen is already outplaying DeAndre Jordan. It didn't take long at all for the Nets to realize that Allen's just the better choice there. And so DeAndre now is a safe drop. You will not regret it. He'll have one good game every once in a while, and you'll be like, oh my god, I dropped him! And then you'll look at the game log, and you'll realize, oh, that was one good game, and uh, it came after six bad ones in a row. So don't worry about that. Jared Allen's the guy to own, and the center position there, 24 minutes is more than enough for him to get the job done. Memphis could not guard a G League team right now. I mean, they are atrocious on defense. I don't even care about the fact that Ja Morant is out, because that was a problem when he was in. I don't know that Ja fixes that. JJJ helps it because he can block some shots, and from an interior defense standpoint, he's he's good. But that's not really their problem. They are not stopping penetration at all. I don't know what they're trying to do on pick-and-roll defense, but it's horrible. And then their back cuts, guys are losing their men. I mean, it is an absolute clinic. This is, like, if you watched a Grizzlies game, that's the game you'd watch to point out all the mistakes that even an NBA team can make on defense. So they got blown out by a decent team, and I misread this ballgame completely. I thought the Grizz would come in here hungry after finally getting their first win. I think I'm done backing Memphis, because every time I have to this point, they've disappointed. They're just bad. And without Jaw, they go from bad to worse. You can mostly throw out your fantasy stuff in this ballgame. They didn't play their guys' normal minutes. Desmond Bain played 32 as an example of that. Jalen Brown had 42 on 21 shots. Massive game for Boston. That allowed Jason Tatum to take his foot off the gas a little bit. Robert Williams, the Time Lord, had 6 points, 10 boards, and 4 blocks. He's going to get picked up everywhere. And then when everybody realized that Tristan Thompson missed this ballgame for rest, he will get dropped again everywhere. So just save yourself the, uh, the battle on that one. And uh, don't worry about it. Okay? Milwaukee lost to Miami, which is good because we nailed this series. We had we had Miami, uh, or we had Milwaukee in the first game for two units. We had Miami yesterday for two units. Made four units off that rematch set. That was, that was adorable. Giannis looked good, though. He made all four of his free throws and two three-pointers in this game. That's a lesson in how to rehabilitate your fantasy value very quickly as he goes from being outside the top 150 to number 66 overnight by raising his free throw percent to 62 uh, and uh, just overall, you know, having a very good ball game while his teammates decided to take this one off. Giannis was the only one who cared. Sorry, Giannis. Your teammates could not be bothered to beat the same team two nights in a row. Drew Holiday, awful. Chris Middleton, awful. Uh, Bobby, or excuse me, Brooke Lopez was actually fine, but missed a ton of his shots. And uh, Dante DiVincenzo, we'll give him a little bit of credit. Looked like he was trying, but his shot just wasn't going down. For Miami, you knew they were going to come out fighting. Tyler Hero picked up the pieces with an absent Jimmy Butler in this one. Goran Dragic had 26. Adebayo nearly triple-doubled. Kelly Olynyk had 15, 8, and 4 off the bench in 29 minutes, but you can't trust it because his minutes are all over the map. Avery Bradley played 30 minutes as the starting shooting guard, and that actually could stick just from a how-many-minutes-is-he-getting standpoint. Problem is, even when he gets minutes, he's not particularly fantasy useful, so I wouldn't dive in there unless we saw it about three more times. Like, I, I need a body of work to make a pickup there. If you have Tyler Hero, this is a sell moment. If maybe there's someone out there who believes this kind of thing can continue long-term, it's a sell moment. His two huge games so far have come in the games where Butler's rested. 
He doesn't get steals. He doesn't get blocks. He turns the ball over a fair amount. He's actually not that great from a percentages standpoint, even though he's off to a pretty warm start there. Uh, sorry, I should say he's a pretty good free throw shooter. Field goal percent, 49 is not sticking. It's just not. And he's turning the ball over a ton, although I would assume that comes down a little bit when Butler comes back as well. So th this is very much a sell-high moment for Tyler Hero, but I'm not sure you can get anybody to buy after one big ball game. LeBron James had a birthday, and the Lakers beat the Spurs by 14. Greg Popovich got ejected. Becky Hammond became the first female to coach an NBA team in history, so that was kind of a cool moment in this ballgame. Uh, Wesley Matthews pitched a no-hitter for six innings, six for six, six three-pointers. How about that? And that's pretty much all he did in the ballgame. Anthony Davis got his first two block shots of the year, and the story continues to be how much Dennis Schroeder is getting on this Lakers team vastly. I vastly underestimated his role with the Lakers this year. I, I thought he might get some more to do, especially early in the season with LeBron and AD kind of playing themselves into game shape. But it looks like he's going to have that usage probably longer term. They, they love what he brings to the table. We're, you know, we're hearing about extension talks and all that stuff. Like he, he seems to be a significant piece of what the Lakers are looking to build so uh that one's that's a miss you know I, it looks like he's gonna be worth more this year than expected I know his value is outside the top 115 mostly because there haven't been any steals and his turnovers have been very high I would assume you know he's not a big steals guy despite being very fast it's never kind of been his thing he only had uh 0.7 per game in Oklahoma City last year and his numbers frankly season over season are not that different now than they were last year. Scoring's down about a point. Assists are actually up compared to last season. So by that account, and he ended up with a really good year last year, um, if he keeps this up all season, his numbers will just level off inside the top 90 or so. Like, if he just does this all year, other guys in front of him that are hot right now will fall out of the picture. This is kind of the magic of a small sample size to say, okay, a guy with at 18-5-5 at five and five with a steal or less than a steal, good percentages in both, that will be that will be top 90 stuff. He doesn't have to change anything to climb the board. He just has to keep doing that while everybody else falls off. So uh, it's looking like folks that took Schroeder in that 110, 115 range probably will get uh, a little bit of a deal so far this year. Meanwhile, DeJounte Murray, oh yeah, man, oh yeah. He was on the, the Dan Bespris, not an old man, but I'm still super excited about him list. He's number 38 in nine cats so far. And it's it's only getting better. He's at 19, 7, and 7. Turnover's very high right now at 4 per game. That will probably come down. 1.3 steals per game might actually even go up over the course of this year. He's hitting a three-pointer. I mean, there's just there's nothing not to love about DeJounte Murray right at this exact moment. He, he's, he's setting career highs in every statistical category. A lot of that stuff's going to come down, but some stuff is coming up. And I don't know, just at this point, you ride the wave. And and if, for those that are worried about Keldon Will Johnson, excuse me, after this ballgame, don't be. He was the starting small forward against the Lakers, for goodness sake, which means he's going to get LeBron James in his face. Yeah. If you didn't see a rough game going for the young fellas on San Antonio dealing with Braun, yeah, that's a, that's a bad spot for them. They'll be fine. Uh, Lonnie Walker, by the way, he's, he's, he's probably a drop. I know that he's doing fine, but... Derek White's coming back at some point. I, I would be I would be stat hunting at this point. By the way, uh, Rudy Gay played 25 minutes again. I, I don't know if this is part of the plan 
or if that was just by necessity to get someone in there who was you know, a little bit more of a veteran presence against the Lakers. But he's now played 27, 28, and 25 minutes in three consecutive ballgames. And it's worth noting that that's more than enough for Rudy Gay to have fantasy value for the year. Rudy Gay last year was number 180 in 22 minutes per game because his field goal percent was down at 44 So last year was a little bit of an outlier in that normally his value is more tied up in the fact that he is a good, he's a good percentages guy. Throughout his career, he's been actually much more uh, close to what you saw last season, but a lot of that was done during his kind of high volume years in Memphis early in his career or even Sacramento after injury, I think that was after injury number one, right? Well, recently in San Antonio, he's been shooting. Is it's been much better. First year with the Spurs, he was at forty-seven percent. The following year, he was at fifty, and then last year it came back down to forty-four and a half. So that was a little bit weird, and you have to wonder if maybe it was just that he needs to be on the floor a tiny bit more for this thing to stick. Well, this year he's at forty percent, but I'm more interested in the fact that he's taking eleven shots per game. He hasn't attempted that many shots uh, in a while. And it's kind of a weird in-between for him because with the Spurs, he's generally been in that 9-10 to 10 range. And then throughout the rest of his career, he was kind of in the 14-17 to 17 range. So this would be kind of a new pocket for Rudy Gay. But also, by the way, his blocks are extraordinarily high right now at 1.5 for ballgame. That's definitely coming down. But if he's playing 25-26 minutes a game, he's worth having on your fantasy team. That's, that's much closer to what he did two years ago with the Spurs where he was at, I think he was at 26 minutes per game, and that left him at number 84 in nine category leagues. He averaged 13.5 points, seven rebounds that year, two and a half assists, just less than a steal, half a block, 50% from the field, 82 at the free throw line. He's actually been better than that in free throw shooting lately. If any of that stuff, like if he hits an extra half a three-pointer or something like that, Rudy Gay could actually be inside the top 100 this year. I did not see that coming, and he's going to be... Uh, pretty damn available in your fantasy league. So consider a Rudy Gay ad if you're looking for efficiency. He's very much a nine-cat roto kind of guy. He is not going to impress much in your head-to-head league if you're not super concerned about stuff like turnovers or if you're not really worried about winning your percentages every week. Uh, He doesn't make quite as much sense in in those situations. But otherwise, uh, yeah, Rudy Gay, signs of life. No Lamarcus Aldridge in this game, so Jakob Pertl got 24 minutes and was not very good in them. I assume LMA is coming back. I think he'll be back for the next ball game. These two teams have the second half of their rematch tomorrow, New Year's Day. Charlotte blew out Dallas. That was pretty weird, wasn't it? Cody Martin and James Johnson were ejected late in this ball game, but it didn't have an impact on the actual contest. Big stories, of course, on the Charlotte side. Miles Bridges with his third really good ball game in a row, 20 and 16 with a couple of blocks in this one. His blocks are very high. That's something that will come back down to earth. And I don't think a lot of this stuff... You know, he's number 42 in 9-cat right now. Uh, but I don't I don't see how almost any of this stuff actually holds for him. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's averaging 2.3 combined steals and blocks and 2.5 pointers per game. Uh, I know that players make leaps forward. But this is a guy who shot 42.5% last year. When he finally got a little bit of volume under his belt. 33% career three-point shooter. He's at 50% this year. 80% free throw shooter. He's at 100. Career five rebounds per game. He's at eight this year, thanks to that 16er outburst. 
career .7 blocks per game. He's at 1.5 this year. He's an ad, don't get me wrong, but he's also a sell because this is probably about as good as it gets. I am excited by the fact that he's finally looking a little more competent out there. And my P.J. Washington hate was warranted for one more game. He played only 17 minutes in this one, picked up five fouls. It was a rough one. Bismack Biombo logged another 30 minutes at center. I don't know how they're pulling this off at the moment, but it actually seems like they want Biombo in there, and it's it's mind-boggling. And I'll just say it on every podcast until I don't have to anymore. If you need a center, he's worth an ad. It's so strange, and I feel disgusting talking about it. And he's, frankly... Uh, not that heavily owned in fantasy leagues. So you can probably go get him if you need a big man. Ugh. Ugh. It's gross. It's so gross. Let's move on. Let's pretend we didn't talk about that. Horrible game for Dallas. You can throw this one out. Luka Doncic trying to play his way into shape. Rough start to the year for Luka. He'll be better. He's a buy, but you're never going to be able to prime away from whoever drafted him because they're just they're not going to bail on Luca. Here's the thing though. Just just let it go, man. Just let it go. We told you a hundred times in this podcast, don't draft Luka Doncic with your early mid first round pick. He has too many holes in his fantasy game. It's kind of the same story as Giannis turnovers, free throws, stuff like that. They tend to sink him. Luca doesn't get defensive stats. In fact his free throw shooting's actually been okay so far this year. And his turnovers, he just hasn't put up any stats. So he'll come around, but just let somebody else deal with it easier at this point. Doesn't look like anybody in the Dallas front court is going to separate themselves. Maybe we see Dwight Powell ramp his minutes up. Perhaps some of what we're seeing is kind of coming back from injury related. He played 24 minutes in this ball game. So far this year, he's averaging 21. So it was good to see the slight bump, although you know, so far he's been kind of predictable in that regard. He's gone 18-24, 18-24. So I don't know that there's a trend line here. He has basically been dropped in every fantasy league that that I can come up with. Uh, like, the fact that he's not owned and even in my competitive leagues tells you that he's not... You're not going to be fighting anybody to pick him up. Just keep one eye on the Dallas front court. I know Porzingis is coming back, and that's going to clutter things up a little bit. But I've got to believe that they want one of those guys, Powell or Kleba, someone to just sort of take the reins and play starters minutes. I don't, I don't know how you just give everybody 22 minutes a game forever. It just it seems pick a horse, Rick, pick a horse. Clippers blew out the Blazers, another blowout. I mean, that's just that's the story of the year so far. Portland was ill prepared for this game. Clippers that when they're when they're focused and and this game had a motivational angle with the Paul George Dame Twitter beef, when the when the Clippers are focused, they're going to just carve teams apart this year and they did so in this ball game shot 50 percent Kawhi and Paul George were very good Serge Ibaka looked pretty good in his 23 minutes Zubats only got 15 minutes but actually had a good ball game with five defensive stats that's hard to replicate in 15 minutes a game but I am still kind of pro Zoo just to see how this season shakes out I am not pro Nick Batum we're getting a lot of questions on Batum his role right now is largely because Marcus Morris is out those guys will probably be splitting minutes when he comes back, or it ends up shifting over towards uh, Moot, and in that case, Batum uh, becomes fantasy irrelevant. And that's your Wednesday recap in a, a day that just didn't really have that many super compelling fantasy angles. The fact that we spent 
three, four minutes talking about Rudy Gay, it tells you how kind of fantasy boring that Wednesday card was. It was interesting from a betting standpoint, but fantasy-wise, not really all that much. Uh, we had the Heat yesterday for two units. You had the Grizzlies for one, so we ended up up about a unit going one and one. It's been a weird year so far. I'm actually exa- a, a, a perfectly even 15 and 15, but we're up two units because I've largely been winning the two-unit plays and losing the one-unit plays, and maybe the lesson there is just stop making those one-unit plays, but screw it. I got a whole lot of things I want to tell you guys about on tonight's card, but before we do, one more big shout-out to our buddies at mybookie.ag. You guys are doing a nice job of signing up over there. Please continue to do so. Go to mybookie.ag. Sign up using promo code HOOPBALL. Again, this is this takes you almost no time at all. It takes about four minutes to sign up. You don't have to make a deposit when you do it. There's nothing like they're not going to get anything from you. All I ask is that you do it. Go sign up with promo code HOOPBALL and then contact me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Do it and then contact me because I have a prize for you. More of you should be taking advantage of it. A handful of you have done so, but more should be because it's a good prize. The best prize. Again, I said it yesterday. It's the color of Kermit the Frog. That color prize. So hit me up. Go sign up. MyBookie.ag, promo code HoopBall. It's a great site to use. I'm using it all the time. I've been doing deposits and withdrawals, having no issues of any kind. I know that's something that, that freaked people out five, ten years ago. It's just sort of not that way anymore. Not that way. These, these places have to compete for your betting dollars. So they can't be shady anymore. You can't, or you'll just, someone will go somewhere else. MyBookie.ag, again, promo code there is HoopBall. HoopBall, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. I also want to remind you guys of all the cool stuff we have at HoopBall. And I know I ram it down your throats, but this is how we grow. This is how we add podcasts. This is how we add jobs. For those of you that want to be a part of the hoopball stuff, this is how we move in that direction. We need you guys signing up for monthly memberships, whether it's the Fantasy Pass for $4.99 a month, the DFS Pass for an absurd $1.99 a month. Yeah, you heard that right. Gets you DFS Discord access and a daily article that breaks down every single ball game and favorite plays from each of three tiers of pricing, expensive, mid-range, value, guys. It's, I mean, you think, again, $2 a month. You're talking about about $0.06 cents a day. $0.06 to $0.07 cents a day is what that runs you to get access to the DFS experts in the Discord channel. That is nothing. Fantasy Pass gets you access to both the Fantasy and DFS Discord channels, in addition to all the other good stuff in the Fantasy Pass. We also have the Wager Pass, which has my top plays, in addition to the top plays from our founder, Aaron Bruski, and our entire team, Devin Ellington, Eric Arzamanians, Vince Miracle, and the great Troy Markowski. So six handicappers, you get all of their stuff for $9.99 a month. That, by the way, if for those of you that are new to sports betting, uh, look around a little bit. To buy one handicapper's play for a single day will usually cost you 25 bucks, and we're giving you six cappers' plays for a month for $9.99. And if you want to roll all of that stuff together, we got the HoopBall 360 package. That's $12.99 a month. It's got DFS, Fantasy, and Wagering all packed into one. You also get Discord access to all three divisions. Pretty damn sweet. Go check those out at hoop-ball.com. Get something today. And then hit me up if you want to get into the Discord. I can get you an invite code very quickly as opposed to waiting on the uh, automated email that goes out every couple of days. 
Let's look ahead at this Thursday card. I, I find this one actually to be far more compelling than the Wednesday stuff. Again, we have an early game that starts about three hours from now. Cleveland at Indiana. Pacers favored by seven and a half. And frankly, I think this line is is about right. I think it's up to eight now. Indiana by eight. This is about right. I, you know, the question is, do the Cavs bounce back from their last one? Cleveland looked a little more human after getting a really getting off to a really nice start in the year. They're now three and one after losing to the Knicks. Right? That was the one that nobody that everybody was like, oh, here they'll they'll go to four and zero. But New York's actually playing a little bit better. So uh, was that the wake-up call for Cleveland after beating Charlotte, Detroit, and Philly? Or was that the start of Cleveland kind of coming back down to earth a little bit? You know, they scored 86 points in that game after putting up uh, 121, 128, and 118. By the way, the 128 was in uh, overtime or double overtime, I think, in that ball game, And then 118 against Philadelphia. So which Cavs team do you get? And that, to me, is too big of a question mark to get in on this game. Total is 220 and a half. So again... You have to ask yourself, is like is are the Cavs bouncing back? Is this a Cavs will score game, or is this the Cavs are now going into a little bit of a mini slump kind of game? And I honestly don't know. So I'm probably leaving this matinee alone. It's a weird one. It's New Year's Eve. So all sorts of things can get a little bit cockeyed in this ballgame. It's one of the very few today that I don't have pretty strong feelings on. Bulls are in Washington for the second half of their rematch battle. Uh, the Wizards got punked in the last one. Bulls beat them handily in a game that actually went well under the listed total. That that uh, total a couple days ago was, I believe, at 239, and the game ended at 222. So not surprisingly, the number has come down in this one. Uh, total started, opened at 234.5, was actually bet up to 237. Wizards favored by six at the moment. Uh, this is a tough one. So normally, you guys know I like to look at these rematch battles, and when the teams are are relatively evenly matched, you tend to see them split it one and one straight up. Forget the spread. This is a weird one because the Wizards have problems. The Wizards have problems. They're they're not they haven't gelled. They're not a cohesive unit yet. The Bulls are starting to actually look a little bit better, and they they smoked them. Like it wasn't. It really wasn't that close of a game. Bulls were pretty much out in front the whole way. They won by eight in a game they were underdogs by six, just like this one. The fact that the line hasn't really moved at all is indicative, I think, of that people still don't trust Chicago. I, I don't think that that's like anything goofy going on in that regard. So I want to try to find a way to bet the Wizards to win the game. I, I just don't know that they can cover that spread. That's a pretty big number for a team that's not good right now. They're not defending anybody. So I don't know. We'll we'll see about that one. Again, another afternoon game. Are the Bulls going to be satisfied getting one out of two? Or is this gonna are they gonna be fighting again? I'm inclined to think that Chicago might actually cover and win again. We'll see. Sixers are in Orlando to take on the Magic. 76ers, a three and a half point road favorite. They've actually looked pretty good this year, and, and no one's really paying attention to them, which is probably for the best. They've played a slow basketball game. That's one thing that I, I think people haven't really noticed. The Sixers pace this year has been, uh, I don't want to say a slog, because that's not really fair, but they are running things in more of a half-court set. You know, they only put up 113 against the Wizards, who don't defend anybody. They put up 109 on the Knicks, 94 in the loss against Cleveland, and then 100 against Toronto. I don't think 
that the market has caught up to the fact that Philly really wants to grind games out this year. They want to use Embiid in the post a lot. They want to run Ben Simmons' pick and roll. They're not really getting out and running all that much this season, at least to this point. And Orlando doesn't really want to get out and blitz either, at least not at the moment. Aaron Gordon's still on a uh, minutes cap, so we don't know exactly how long that's going to last. Terrence Ross is out for this ballgame, so they lost their scoring punch off the bench. You know, this to me feels like a game where you're going to get a lot of Markel Fultz pick and roll and Vooch, you know, pick and pop kind of stuff on one side. And the Sixers probably just trying to sort of outsize their opponents on the other side. So I like the under in this ballgame. 219 and a half. I think this one goes under. I don't have any super strong feelings on the side. I do think that I kind of lean to the Sixers direction. I just think they're going to outclass the Magic in this game. No Terrence Ross actually does hurt Orlando. He's been uh, really good for them as bench scoring. Um, so Sixers and the under is the way I'm looking at this. I think they, I think they can dictate the pace a little bit in that regard. But uh, we'll see if any plays come out of this ballgame. Kings at Rockets. Houston getting all their pieces back for this game. Line opened at three. It's up to five now. Total's been bet up from 227 to 231. Everybody heard about John Wall and Boogie and Eric Gordon and then the Cavalry's back for the Rockets. But this is one of those wonderful moments where, and, you know, it doesn't work every time, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But when guys come back, when big usage guys return for a team, it generally clutters the market more than anything else. That is to say, teams get bet on when you hear about them getting superstars back, and John Wall probably falls into that mix. I would, yeah, whatever, star player, call it star player, comes back. When in actuality, it actually just makes life complicated. Rockets' life just got complicated. They, yeah, they're sure they've got more options, but things just got weird. You know, it's about splitting usage, about figuring out when the minutes come. Kings are playing well right now. I love Sacramento in this game, catching five points. I would consider betting them to win straight up as a money line dog. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, but if you want to feel safe, take the five points. The total of 231, I probably would actually fade that. I think that total is moving up somewhat because of the Rockets personnel coming back. But I think there's going to be a bit of a disjointed performance. The Kings in the under. Knicks, nine and a half point underdogs in Toronto. That is a huge number for a Raptors team that hasn't won a game yet. Uh, it's a little weird, frankly. It's a little weird. Um, I lean to the Knicks because they've been playing better. Uh, this game is in Tampa, Florida, remember? So I, I don't know. Is this line weird? Is that, is that the, the lesson to take away? Like, is this line needlessly high? Because there's something going on with the Raptors where we all know they're going to finally get their, their first win. Because the Knicks have actually looked pretty good in each of their last two ball games. Uh, the, they, they, they beat the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of those wins, right? Uh, who the hell was the other win for New York? The Knicks, uh, we'll look it up while we're doing our broadcast here. Knicks' most recent games, they beat the Cavs and the Bucks. Yeah, right, they beat the Bucks. I don't know that anybody's noticing yet. Like, they're actually playing pretty good defense the last couple of ball games. Julius Randle's been great. I don't know that there's anybody on Toronto that's a, a great matchup there. Like, I, I have to lean to the Knicks, even though it seems weird. Pelicans at Thunder. Pels laying five and a half on the road against the Thunder team that seems ready to compete every damn game. I see no reason why they wouldn't in this one. 
You know, Pels did get blown out. So the one thought there is maybe they come out a little bit more focused, but I would lean to the Thunder. Uh, total is very low, and it you know they, they think it's going to be a grind. So in a grind, if you can catch five and a half, six points, you know, do you really think a team can pull away in a defensive struggle? I don't know. Certainly more weapons on that Pels side, but uh, they're, they're proving themselves to be a bit inconsistent. And the Suns at Utah, uh, this line is pretty much exactly where it opened. Suns are catching four on the road, total of 220. I love Phoenix in this game. Uh, you know, this is going to be a test for them. Uh, I do think that the teams play somewhat slow basketball. I think this is going to end up being uh, kind of a, a, a fight where the Suns are probably going to test themselves. Say, look, can we, can we take down superior competition? We have to go prove it. Let's go prove it. Uh, so I like Phoenix to try to keep this game close, to sort of battle it out. Uh, I lean towards the under on the total because I do think that it's going to be a kind of a possession game. But, you know, again, with everything today, New Year's Eve does factor in. So that's the way I'm looking on the betting card. From a fantasy standpoint, uh, also a decent amount of things to keep track of as, as we look at these ball games. The Cavs and Pacers, not so much. That one's not a, a big fantasy thing for the Bulls. Uh, you guys know me, Otto Porter Stan over here. I am closely watching Otto Porter. Closely watching Otto Porter to see what his minutes look like in this game here, uh, another one against Washington. If they continue to trend up into the high 20s, he ends up being a, a, a massive steal. For the Wizards, Rui Hachimura is back in this ballgame. I think that probably just hurts Denny Avdia. Uh, otherwise, I don't know that... Either one of them actually gets over the cut line. Sixers magic. Does Dwayne Bacon, is he going to do enough here? Kind of. I know he's been starting, but with no Terrence Ross, they'll probably ask him to do a little bit more on that front. Rockets, we're mostly just seeing what Boogie and Wall are going to do. I don't care about Eric Gordon. His fantasy game is whack. It's whack. Rashawn Holmes, Marvin Bagley, a couple names to watch on that Kings side fantasy-wise. Knicks, Nerlens Noel finally had a decent ball game last time around. Let's see what his minutes look like in this ball game. Uh, otherwise, you know, we'll wait on the status of Alec Burks. We don't have that quite yet. Raptors, the front court. Knicks are relatively big as a front court, but not they're not scoring threats at center. So you might see Chris Boucher get a look on the Toronto side again in this ball game. Can Norman Powell please freaking wake up for Toronto? It's got to happen soon, or, uh, you know, we might have to just cut him loose. Pell's Thunder, uh, George Hill, guy to watch on that Thunder side. Sounds like he's back off the injury report. Baisley and Dort, of course, you're keeping track of as well. Suns Jazz, uh, Jay Crowder's a guy we're watching to see if he can stay above the cut line all year, maybe, is the is the is probably the current setup there. And, uh, again, kind of turning back for the Pelicans, there's that Josh Hart, J.J. Redick bench unit fight going on and uh, that's probably what you got going on on that fantasy side and that's about it for today's look ahead in terms of homework it's tough for me to assign homework on new year's eve that would just be cruel wouldn't it that would just be cruel here on new year's eve to, to force you to watch a ball game but guess what i'm forcing it watch the kings and rockets very interested to see what the rockets do with all of their pieces watch bulls wizards that's an afternoon game you should have no problem tuning into that one Bulls are very interesting. Wizards are interesting. Things are in flux. Those are the games you want to watch to see if you can pick anything up in the live action, pick something up maybe by halftime. 
critical moments. And then uh, try to watch as many Thunder games as you can early in this year, just to sort of see how they're using their pieces. That could end up being useful information as we're making decisions on ads and drops. Once again, I am Dan Bespris. Go check out our buddies at Manscaped.com. Promo code there is HOOPBALL20 if you want to get any of their products for 20% off and free shipping. Again, thank you to MyBookie.ag. Sign up there with promo code HOOPBALL, and then let me know... And I can get you a prize. I say again, let me know and I can get you a prize. And again, if we uh, continued recruitment call here, if you guys want to be a part of what we're doing at HoopBall, send me a note on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Get a premium subscription back tomorrow, Friday. We'll do our weekend preview, week in review. We'll go over some of the biggest free agents that uh, either went on or off the radar from this week. And we might get a visit from a special guest. That is all. Happy New Year, everybody. I won't talk to you guys until it's 2021. So let's make it a good one. Please do uh, celebrate safely. Means, well, it's a different thing this year, isn't it? Normally, that's like, don't drive intoxicated, you moron. And this year, it's don't infect anybody. Later, friends. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.